0: This is sandcast beach volleyball with Triborn and Travis McWarder, and uh, we're going kind of off the sand for this one, but kind of not. I mean, TJ DeFalco has been uh, playing pretty high-level indoor for a while, and then popped in for a celebrity appearance uh, at the Manhattan Open, and uh, pretty dang good too. It was good to see you
1: back on the beach, TJ. Yeah, man, it felt felt good, but felt super weird at the, at the same time. but This is a great yeah. time all around being out there again.
2: Yeah. yeah, welcome, welcome uh, to the Sandcast, but also to the beach, even though we we all know uh, we're losing you back to indoor right away, yeah. uh, which is probably a smart call. I don't know what kind of contracts you're getting, but <laughs> by the way that I've seen you play, I'm sure that uh, it's pretty nice going overseas.
1: <laughs> well, Upsides and downsides, definitely uh, living abroad for eight to nine months is not usually the first pick people want to go for, but contracts are tasty, so that, that keeps the motivation up. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure. and now
0: I mean you're leaving for Poland pretty soon, right? I mean you get you're in Idaho right now with family, and then when do you head out for Poland? Uh,
1: p- hopefully not before the end of this week, but could be in the next five, three, four, or five days. Jeez, that's yeah. such
0: a quick turnaround. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. But I just I don't understand the the whole sh- setup schedule for the summer for USA volleyball, the national team. Just to, you got two week break and then right back in it's yeah. just it's kind of it's a grind and i, and I totally understand the people's perspectives when they're like uh i need a summer off or i need a I need the off season for some some sort of downtime yeah. just to get away from volley for a little bit because the people that have done this for 12 13 years just non-stop there's yeah. no there's no off season for for the, the national team and indoor or anything like that yeah so i totally understand it
0: yeah I was talking to, um, Micah Ma about that. Cause Delaney and Zana, they've played together a lot this year. And he was like, bro, I just needed some, a few months just to not play and beat myself up playing volleyball. And I mean, yep. he was like in competition for that center spot. And he was like, ah, I need some time. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah and I t- definitely supported his decision with that. Cause I feel it. I'm right there with him.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's why I was, it was nice for me. Uh, I didn't get any of the big offers to go to the big leagues. So I was in Puerto Rico and that was that three. I don't know if they have Puerto Rico right now, if foreigners are allowed, but it's three month seasons. So I went over for three months, did my thing, surfed a bunch and then came back and played some beach. That was kind of the gig, but not if it's going to get paid. uh, Well, so I would have been here. (laughs) That
1: sounds, yeah, they, they, I don't, I'm not sure about uh, Puerto Rico, but I know they have some very similar in like the, uh, some of the Asian leagues. Some of the Asian leagues are three, four months, something like that. Yeah. But That's, then they, their off season is two weeks and then they go another three, four months. So it's, it's kind of the same kind of deal. But I wish they had that kind of stuff nowadays.
2: Right. Yeah. No, I mean, kind of be able to get the best of both worlds would be nice. Yeah. Uh, what's kind of the appeal? Like I always, you know, I know I know a little bit about it, um, but what's the big appeal of playing for the national team? You, you, like you mentioned, there's guys who have come back every year after all these long, grueling contracts, and straight onto the national team. Like, do you need it? Is the money good? Do you need it to get new contracts? Or, or up? I mean, everyone wants to be on the national team, but it, it seems like. Don't um, throw
1: that opportunity like I did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm. Yeah, I, I, the national team is used for a couple of different things. Like the the stigma around being on the national team is huge. Um, the the ability to play for your country is a big motivator and a big driving force in the people's decisions to play volleyball for the national team. Um, however, it is a huge driving force for better contracts. Mm. Everybody watches the national team. Everybody watches VNL. Everybody watches the world championships, the Olympics, the, all that kind of stuff. And they know if you're on the national team, they know your name. And right. so that propels you to higher contracts and higher and all that kind of stuff. Um, so it's a, but then the money is not, it, you have to do well in the national team to get a good, decent amount of money, right. um, which is purely based on the other team and performance, and whatnot. But that propels the individual for getting much higher contracts. So it's like a one builds off the other and the other way around. Totally. So, yeah, I feel you. And yeah. another thing because of the, the national team, you don't have that long at all to train for the, the with that team. Right. Uh, having a good pro season kind of puts you in a better position when you come back to the national team for that spot or in that position. So it, it works both at uh, both ends.
2: Interesting. Yeah. So you're so Spra and and, uh, Ferbs and those guys are kind of keeping an eye on you throughout the year to see how you guys are progressing progressing and whatnot. Yep. They watch the – sometime before
1: COVID, they used to send uh, Ferbs would every once in a while, book a trip out and come visit a bunch of guys throughout maybe Italy, 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 Germany, Germany, something like that. Right. Um, but Not with COVID, but they would – or now they just follow metrics, all those matches, and watch and kind of keep updates and send you little notes here and there and just be like, hey, checking in, all that kind of stuff. Um, so it, throughout the whole pro season. Wow. That's
2: it. Yeah. A- very cool yeah
1: that's got to be a tough
0: adjustment to make going from playing from your team you were in italy for a while and then just like jumping back with u.s national team what a couple weeks of prep and then you're on you're playing vnl like what what's that transition like just going from like club to national team
1: back to club again yeah it's uh you definitely need more than two weeks but sometimes that's all you get yeah. Um, so that's why, you know, when it gets closer to those years of of big importance, like, like an Olympic year or a world championship year, some of those guys plan strategically their contracts, like uh, before Rio, Anderson and Christensen linked up on the same team because it was like, I'd i much rather have as many reps as possible throughout yeah. the year and then jump into VNL or jump into the, the VNA yeah, VNL and Olympic year, Okay. With having nine months of reps with Micah. Right. So that, that's a huge plus, uh, okay. but sometimes not everybody has the opportunity to do that. And so it's, you get a crush as many reps as you can in the two, two and a half weeks, whatever you got yeah. to get back as close to rhythm as you were at the end of the last summer. God, that's crazy. That seems like it's so fast. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's totally. And especially if you're going from a, maybe like a lower level, semi-decent setter, yeah. then transitioning to Micah is totally <laughs> different. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, so it's a big change, but it's kind of the, the,
2: one of the things you got to get used to. Yeah. Been this for 10, 12 years. That's probably something that, I mean, can drive you crazy. can really, like, impact your career in a huge way. Because, like, like I said, I played in Puerto Rico, right? And my, uh, I had the Puerto Rican national team setter on my team. We were connecting really well. He get, takes a contract overseas, middle of season, and the <laughs> French setter comes in. And he can't set, like, a quick set. His hands are, like, it, like, paused in his hands. And there was, like, a weird hitch there. So he'd rather set a, you know, a higher D-ball or whatever. And, uh, like, I just couldn't connect with him. So my game went fully downhill once this guy showed up. I ended up getting fired for Riley Salmon. uh, So I'm like, damn, dude. Like, a setter can make or break your career in a lot of ways. Because, like you said, you got your coaches, national team, watching you play pro as well so if you know your season kind of falls apart you get fired it's not looking great for you
1: yeah uh, that's that's a tough situation with especially with centers because centers are so important but then what uh, hopefully what what your coaches know is they understand that as well because most of the time coaches are have been players in the past or understand a little bit of that that mindset yeah, that's but yeah uh, that's that's rough <laughs>
2: Well yeah, whatever. It, at least it was my first year or two, and I was surfing every day. So I was, I was more of a pro surfer out there than anything. just living the
1: life. It's great. Yeah. It
2: was, it was not bad at all.
0: The uh so the first indoor volleyball match I, I ever watched was the national championship, uh, when Long Beach played UCLA and you guys won, you went down oh two and then won uh three yeah. two. And um you seem to obviously like you were like a transcendent talent yeah. at, at the college level, um, but you transitioned really well, like really fast. Um, you made the Olympic roster like pretty soon after. What was that transition like for like what's the jump from college to the professional level like in indoor volleyball?
1: Um, what was nice is I, I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity to be in the national team gym since I was a senior in high school. So I was kind of got a little bit of taste of what they can do, what the talent, the whole IQ, everything that they process on a in a split second. And it's just totally well, it was miles ahead of high school. Um, but then even when I finally got to college and got to get into that, you know, developing the mindset and the IQ and the decision making time it was much higher than that still but it was catching up my game was you know catching up and going through that process and stuff um but then transitioning from college to professional was like like tremendous like jump because it's totally different like especially going right to italy best league in the world you, you like my second match of my pro my, my pro career was against leon <laughs> <laughs> that guy is just mind blowing like you, yeah. you you never see a volleyball player like him ever again and and so i'm you know fresh out of college whatever it was By the end of my college career, it was, it was kind of slowing down. the game was slowing down for me because of the, the opportunity I had in the national team gym, but then hopping right into professional was just like a, I was felt like a kid again, just like, I gotta, I gotta relearn how to do all these stuff. I gotta get all these different shots and ways to kill a ball in my repertoire. Totally different than what it was in college. And, and so it was like learning how to play volleyball again, just at a different speed, different level of processing. Yeah.
0: And I talked to uh, Tyler Hildebrand. I remember when I did a story on you a couple of years ago, I think maybe your senior year at, at Long Beach. And, and one of the things that Tyler Hildebrand talked about was how fast of a learner you are um, and just like how quick you can pick things up. And he said that that's like something that you you, don't, you can't really teach someone to learn as fast as you do. What do you think helps you pick things up at a quick level? Because obviously, you, you like you said, that jump is pretty big from college to pro, but you made the jump and you know you were starting on the olympic team in in 2021 and hitting the
1: bic as good as anybody in in tokyo (laughs) (laughs) um i think one of the biggest things for me uh and to help me in that that regard was i was watching uh i was watching kubiak i was watching uh jiva you know all those those huge names back in before i was even playing high school volleyball yeah and i continue to watch the video watching video and as soon as i got into those when I was in high school, my senior year of high school, I was passing next to Reed pretty in the off season. And so kind of immersing myself in all that stuff. And I was asking him questions, you know, what do you do in this and this and this situation and all this kind of stuff. And I, so I just took in as much information as I possibly could still do. And I'm still like that. Right? I just I'm a sponge for anything that anybody's willing to throw at me. Yeah. And I, I re reevaluate that from my own mind. And how, like, how would I do that for my, myself? Yeah. And so I've been, I think, really good about taking like from anybody that knows anything about volleyball, just taking something in and, and transforming it into my own way of doing it.
0: Yeah. What's the, what's the culture in the U S gym? Like, cause like you mentioned, you know, you, you were asking Reed pretty questions. Um, and I know that Reed seemed to be like a total team guy when he was on the national team, but still it's like pretty cutthroat. Cause that's a pretty small roster for a country. That's really deep in talent. Whereas on the beach, like if tries asking Jake Gibb for blocking tips, like Unless you're playing in Tokyo with him, he's not giving them to you.
1: Um yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure everybody kind of knows the the dynamic of the team changes year to year, quad to quad. Yeah, coaching staff to coaching staff because that's a big thing. Um, just the the head of the whole culture kind of if if it's a little bit more lax from the head, then it kind of everybody, everybody else kind of decides what they want to do. Um, and then the the, the the team atmosphere after. In 2009, for, I've heard uh, after the 08 gold medal was totally different than 12 and 16 and then now
0: 21.
1: Okay. Uh, just because of the the um, ve- the veteran status of that team, everybody knew what they were doing at a, the, the, best, the best level. Yeah. So it was, it was a hard position to be the head coach or a young guy coming into that situation because it was like, okay, these guys know how to do it. They know they know how to do it and everybody else knows they know how to do it. Uh, where is the room for like a young guy like me who's in freaking high school coming in and asking <laughs> yeah. questions? you know and thankfully reed was one of the best about it and he was the one telling me to ask and me to kind of get out of my shell with that kind of stuff because i'm not by, you know coming into that gym by no means am i going to be like hey what do you do about this and tell teach me how to do this and all that kind of <laughs> right. stuff and step in and be all that egotistical like, no shot i'm going to do that um but he was very very cordial with the young guy because he knew that there was going to be some nerves and all that kind of stuff there um, so the, I'd say that year was probably the most difficult, difficult with trying to surf that, try to navigate those waters. Yeah. Um, but then after that, when the young guys started coming in and, and then in 2016, it was the youngest roster we ever sent. Okay. The Olympics, was younger. And so there was, there was a lot more of the understanding of the, uh, the rookie or the younger guy, the, the, the new, new type of mindset to that. So the, the culture has gotten a lot better with understanding that, and, yeah. uh, and that's, I mean, that's huge for all these young guys that get to come in and, you know, kind of find their, find their grips a little bit and kind of figure out this process for themselves.
2: Yeah. It's crazy. Cause like, I'm hearing you talk about it. I'm like, you're, you're talking about yourself as the young guy, like years ago, you know, and like not meant, I mean, you know, and people within volleyball understand that you've been in the gym for that many years, but from the outside, it's looking like you're the young guy right now, but like yeah. mindset and like the way you're thinking about it is like, no, like I've been here. I understand how it works not necessarily a veteran but to the pro game but i mean it makes sense that you're starting you know in the olympics kind of thing yeah. whereas some people might just see it like oh he just showed up and started starting in the olympics it's kind of
1: interesting i think yeah i mean that's that's what i kind of mean about the because there's a difference between being a rookie and being the young guy yeah I, right, think, right right for my mindset because i'm very much the youngest guy on the team. Um, but I'm not the rookie on the team. There's a couple of guys that have kind of made the way in and kind of filled those spots as, as needed. Um, but I am the youngest guy for sure. That's
2: funny. Yeah. It, it kind of reminds me of, uh, a little bit about like of myself. Cause I was like the young guy when it came to the top three or four teams, right. With Phil and Jake and Nick and Rosie and all those guys. And, and Hayden obviously is my partner, 17 years older so i was the young guy but i kept getting older you know and like creeping up in my 30s but these guys aren't retiring so i still feel like the young guy yeah but then now there's this whole generation behind me to where i'm i'm like the young guy to these guys but i'm the old guy to them and it's just,
1: yeah it's an interesting spot to be
2: in i like to get like old guys hanging around so that i can uh, still feel young yeah. there you go. <laughs> I'm going to, when they retire, I'm going to get old really quick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's going to hit you all at, once. all at once. Exactly.
0: You've been the up and comer for like eight years. Try. <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> but TJ, year. like what a cool opportunity for you though. High schooler coming into the gym and read pretty like one of the best outsides on the U S national team is like, Hey man, like anything you want to ask, I got you. I mean, that had to have been a, a pretty cool moment for you because like that's an intimidating thing to walk into and then you get one of the best
1: outsides to ever play for the U.S. and he's like I got you that's pretty awesome I mean it was you couldn't imagine I was the first practice I'm sitting there like this like (laughs) getting ready to pass I couldn't even focus on where the ball was coming and it was just awful and and he saw that and just like dude it's it's all good we're all here in this building for a reason just take a a couple deep breaths and that helped me just kind of settle in it's like I want to be like that guy you know, if when when and if I get to the point where I'm the the older guy or the more the what, the veteran, what, not, that's how I want to treat the younger generations, because that was so much better and developmental for my mindset and my, you know, kind of path as opposed to him saying no, or just like kind of shove me away. Like would, what would be totally understandable for a veteran to do? Right. In that situation. The young guys in here, he's he's 17 and a half years old. What the heck is this guy doing in here? Why is he passing <laughs> next to me kind of thing? You know and that that's totally understandable you can't tell the guy he's wrong for that right but the way that he handled it was i think was one of the stepping stones for me to get to where i am now
0: yeah that's a hell of a call to get how did you get into the gym as a senior in high school i don't know a whole lot about how the indoor pipeline works but that seems like you were pretty young to be getting in the national team gym
1: yeah i was very young um and i'm that was when i made the like the preliminary which is like the 35. Okay. So the, the big roster, which they take everything from. Um, uh, and that was, I don't remember who. I think it was Connections with Allen, I believe. Okay. Because Allen just finished with the team and, is, and was now at Long Beach. And I had already committed to Long Beach. So he kind of did some talking and was like, hey, what, you know, if, and then it was also Furbs was there. No, Ferbs wasn't there. I don't really remember, but one of the coaches <laughs> called me because I was in the pipeline and all the, the doing all the youth stuff and, and everything like that. So they're like, hey, if you want to come in and get some come to some of the like the early, early practices before the team got back from their pro pro contracts and everything like that. Yeah. Come in and we'll we'll have some practices. We'll we'll work around your schedule, kind of blah blah blah. I was like, absolutely. That sounds incredible.
2: You know? <laughs> yeah. That's what about cool. uh, oh sorry, go travel.
0: No, go ahead, try.
2: No, I was I was gonna say, what about this this swag guys you know? I uh, I feel like I, I haven't gotten to watch too much. Watched in college a little bit, but you got this confidence to yourself, like crazy confidence, considering that you're the youngest uh, on national team, and then you start starting in the Olympics. All of a sudden, you think a lot of that came. Obviously, it came from your national team experience, but is that just naturally TJ Defalco, or is that like I've put in my time, and I'm gonna you know like wear that confidence on my sleeve kind of thing. Zach, I could see it. Yeah, I think it's a little on bit the of on the beach. Hmm. I mean, I see. It. I'm saying I could see that swag on the beach, that confidence.
1: Yeah. Uh I think it, it stems from my training. Uh, because I train I'm a big believer in muscle memory. And and when it gets you know super nervous or super the brains going a million miles an hour, it's just the the my safe or um like fallback is to just kind of Detach a little bit and just let my body do what it knows how to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And in those moments, in the first game of the Olympics, don't really remember much of the first match because of the, the nervousness, the the stigma that the team put on the first match coming into the Olympics, all of a sudden it's not as big as it, as it was talked up to be because there's no fans in a 20,000 person building. It's us. <laughs> we have to make our own noise, like all that stuff. And then all of a sudden I get there and it's like, uh, okay, I'm a little nervous, but I also know how to play volleyball down to my core. So, I kind of let that take over every once in a while and that is what people see as the as the confidence is like i know how to do this i've done this reps i've ran the big route thirteen thousand times in the last right. five years yeah you know and and, and i've passed this ball five thousand times and then this so like i know the muscle memory how to do it just just do it just mm-hmm. the body knows how to do it and so that's that's kind of my my thing is that i rely on that's how i train
0: Another. And you have no shortage of reps. I mean, you've been playing volleyball for a pretty long time. Was that like – is volleyball always been something that you've played
1: or did you pick it up a little bit later? Because you grew up in Missouri, right? Yeah, I grew up in Missouri, and my first sport was actually golf. Okay. Interesting. Um, Played a little – was exposed a little bit to uh, volleyball back in in Missouri, uh, but it didn't really hit the ground until – we moved to California with when the Wi-Fi cellular wave was hitting and my dad moved to into a company that was going to do jobs for Verizon and Sprint and AT&T and all that kind of stuff. So we moved to California and that's when my sister started playing club. And so I was a little kid that I would bring my own ball and hit the ball against like the bounce, the hit the, hit it against the wall for the entirety of every single practice. So my, my arm probably has 100,000 swings on it because I would just sit there and do that for three hours every night, no, like four times a week. And so that's, that's how I kind of fell in love with it, kind of watching the game, being exposed to it, being a little kid. I wasn't old enough to stay at home. Um, and then, yeah, it kind of started from there. I, w- I started club when I was 12, 11, 12, 12, something like that. Okay. So you a lot of up, years.
0: Yeah. You picked it up fast. So, I mean, to go from picking it up at 12 to getting invited to the national team gym at 17, uh, that's a, a steep learning curve. So I'm assuming that were the Olympics? Did they come into to the dreams
1: or kind of big goals pretty early on? Then, um, actually, no. I didn't even I didn't even think about playing pro or playing professional until about my sophomore year of college. Really, it was just playing the sport because I loved it and was. Yeah. I had a good support base around it and, and knew a bunch of guys from it. It was fun, um, and didn't even think about it until Alan brought me into his office one day. I was like, "So, what are we going to think about pro?" I was like. I, I don't. I haven't thought about it at all. I'm not even close on my mind. I'm just here yeah. playing volleyball because I love it, you know, and and that's when that thought pro- kind of crept, crept in. I was like maybe I can do the national thing, team thing, and kind of keep. Maybe you know who knows. Why not? You know, and that's yeah. kind of how it was. It was like why not? Let's just try to see we'll, how far we can go. Yeah, and it's it's working out pretty well so far. Yeah, <laughs> doing pretty <laughs> well so
2: far. <laughs> not bad. So how did um, so you moved to California, where'd you guys move to? We moved out about 45 minutes east of Temecula. East? So pretty
1: far inland.
2: Whoa, crazy. Yeah. So did you have any exposure to beach volleyball? Uh, or when did you first play beach? Yeah, beach was actually my
1: first thing that I was into uh, when I was 11. We met the, the Tuanegas family out in some random park. We, we drove by one day. <laughs> My family went to like a uh, like YMCA open gym kind of thing. They talked for 20 minutes like, hey, yeah, come on. We're going to do a beach training kind of thing. And Josh and I, that's when me and Josh met. Josh mm-hmm. and I were playing beach tournaments down in uh, Ocean Beach down there in San Diego and all that kind of stuff uh, when we were 12, 11 and 12. Okay. And we came and won the Kyle Cup and all that kind of stuff because we happened to be, we were a foot taller than everybody in the <laughs> in the league. So it was, worked out pretty well okay wow crazy yeah
2: um and and what you said that was what you did first like before you even started playing indoor yeah so i yeah, got exposed to the beach all uh
1: young kind of seeing what it's worth to going out having fun with the families on the weekend kind of thing um and then when i was 13 got on my first club team down a wave volleyball down in san diego gotcha. uh and by that time the two had moved back up to long beach mm-hmm. and then huntington and area and then from there, it just kind of we just kind of followed them around. They kind of dragged us to club tryouts, all that kind of stuff, and was played with him ever since.
2: Oh no way! Wow, yeah. that's
1: crazy. I didn't yeah. That is So you've always played with a pretty good setter. Yep, yeah, <laughs> been very fortunate on that front.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. I didn't realize that you and Josh have been playing together for that long. I obviously knew that you guys played at Long Beach and had a, a pretty special connection, but I didn't know it. It went all the way back to you were eleven and twelve. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we played on the same team since we were for thirteen years. Jeez, how's
0: how's he doing on the national team? I know that he was on. I don't really know like the different tiers, but I know that he is on the national team at at some level, right?
1: Yeah, he was. uh, He was. Him and Kavika were neck and neck with the different attributes that they both both bring. And so he's he was on the alternates list, which is, means what this year was way gnarlier than the uh, yeah. past. It was if anybody got COVID, get them on a plane, send them out. Yeah, you're talking to one. Yep, <laughs> talking to one right there, right there. And so so he's he's right there. So that he's in the runs for the next quad.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. It's fun to see this kind of next generation. You mentioned that Rio was the youngest team ever, but it's fun to see like you and uh, Kyle Enzing. And Aniga uh, that he's in the mix too. It, it's fun to have watched you guys in college and seeing you guys like all like kind of take that next step.
1: Yeah, it, it means a lot to me that, that those two guys are are because, like I said in the in the beginning of me getting exposed to volleyball, that, this was never a thought process. Never yeah. even like oh, of course every kid's dream that in, is in any type of sports like I want to go to the Olympics because everybody knows about that. Right. But no one knows what and all the kind of stuff. But we never had any of this this longevity to our, our plans. And it was, it's, it's awesome that that it worked out this way.
0: Yeah. How was, I mean, how was the Olympic experience? Obviously you you haven't been to one before, but this was a a totally unprecedented experience in in terms of Tokyo. But I know that VNL was, was a hell of a grind. And in Tokyo, you guys were kind of the same deal where you're just like, you're stuck. You can't, it's just volley, you know, but how, I mean, but it's, still the Olympic games. I mean, how was that
1: experience for you? Yeah. I mean, for the experience for me, um, on top of going from like, like you know, like you said, where you're in a hotel for 38 days, don't leave. The only thing you can do is eat, sleep, drink volleyball, Stop. nothing but that. And so then going into the Olympics was like, okay, this is kind of like a carryover effect. We're still yeah. in quarantine. Can't leave do all this kind of stuff. We're just, we're volleyball players. That's all we are right now. There's no sightseeing. There's no anything like that. We're here for one thing, one thing only. Um, so it, it kind of carried over that mindset a little bit where it was just work. Uh, you didn't get to enjoy very much. Um, but then of course, the, like you said, the stigma of the, the Olympic games was, was overwhelming. We got there into the village. We've seen all these different countries. These There's 37 buildings that are 17 stories high with the, the every all these different country flags on and all this stuff. And there's 11,000 people walking in the, in the village at all times you know, going to the dining hall and all that kind of stuff and so it was super super awesome to get exposed to that but then when as soon as we got to the the stadium and everything like that it was turned into a kind of a bummer because it was like man it would be so much gnarlier if if there was people here to share this with us yeah, yeah. And, and the families and all the, the sheer number of family members that couldn't attend was just kind of a little bit of a depressing kind of thought because they're all of course they're going to watch and support but now they're doing it from home you know, there could have been four thousand of them for just USA here and all this stuff, and so the Olympics was incredible, incredible experience, incredible. But it was probably a third of what it could have been.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's still just just setting the stage for Paris. That's it. Yep. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I know you said you didn't like build up the Olympics oh, beforehand. Oh. Wait, tries trying to okay, you you were trying to cut in. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's frozen again he's frozen yeah you, you mentioned like <laughs> yeah. you you mentioned that you hadn't like built up the olympics beforehand um now that you've been to the olympics like now are you looking to paris a, a little bit more than you had been looking towards tokyo now that like you, you know what the olympics is like i mean sort of it's a different olympic experience but you, you know what it's like to be carrying that national team flag on the highest stage so now are you looking at
1: paris like a little bit different than you might have looked at tokyo um, one of the things that I've always taken with uh, uh, with the, the drink of volleyball is my my only next thought is my next endeavor. So that means for me, I'm not really thinking about um, about Paris because I know things can hit the fan real fast. oh yeah like just take take Aaron, Aaron Russell's case. He was ready to go off a of great Olympics in Rio, all this stuff having, you know, year after year of just increasing his, his worth, increasing his net. And then something hits out. It's like, so my next thing that I'm the biggest worried about for me is my next pro season in Poland, what that's going to look like for me. Yeah. If anything can happen, I can have a bad setter and a setter takes a contract and all this kind of stuff. And then my, my game goes down or I can forget how to pass for nine months and then it just kind of, and I have to start from the bottom. You know, there's so many different things that could potentially happen that I'm, the biggest thing on my mind is this next season, because if I continue to grow my worth and grow my stock and all this kind of stuff, my my ability to play the game of volleyball, then I will be put myself in the best position for repairs. Yeah. And so that'll be a thought when it comes, but right. until then we, we got another mission. Yeah.
0: Going to take a quick commercial break to give a shout-out to our number one sponsor. They've been with us since day one, and that is Wilson Volleyball. And guess what? We are all stoked to be using the Wilson again. The AVP is back. Atlanta was an incredible event. Manhattan Beach is about to be an incredible event. And then we have Chicago to finish off uh, a short season, but a good one nonetheless. So you need Wilson Volleyballs as well, and use our discount code SANCAST-20 to get 20% off all Wilson products and they do have optics back in stock. All right, so reload, get back into season with Wilson volleyball using our discount code sandcast-20 for the best volleyball in the game. Well, I can't see it I can't see it happening, but if for some reason you forget how to pass for 9 months, I think you'd have no shortage of offers from people asking you to play beach
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that'll be the resort, 100%. Yeah, well,
2: what, what, in your mind, What, what is, uh, you know, just a, when you look at your entire career, do you see beach volleyball potentially being in there, it, you know, up to the point where you retire and fully stop playing as a whole?
1: Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. 100%. And one of the biggest things that I had to fight with over the last year and a half 18, 19 months, whatever it was dealing with COVID was like, why am I doing this? Sacrificing all this time, uh, being in lockdown, being in a place I can't do anything. You know, I can't go experience this country, anything like that. Playing, sure. Playing the game of volleyball, but I, I lost nine months of my nieces and nephews life. I lost nine months of my parents' life, all this stuff, not getting really to experience all this stuff. I'm sitting in the room. I can't leave reading books and eating food nonstop. What, like, at what point is it going to be my worth for me to just go play beach? Yeah. When am I gonna draw that line? Um, and so that was a big thought the last year and a half. Whatever it was like, okay, if I have to go through another year of this stuff where I got locked down, I got quarantine, I got you know, potential league shutdowns, league pauses, all that kind of stuff. It's like, man, I'm, I'm good. I'll talk to my agent. Two weeks <laughs> from now, I'm good. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to go home, spend time with my family, go back on the beach, and be able to have some leisure, you know. And so, 100% beaches in my, my future. I just don't know when, where, or how yet
2: right (laughs) makes sense to me i mean i'm fully on board with the take it one year and whatever's ahead of you take it one year at a time obviously like uh aaron you know i missed some time too and yeah it's like why am i thinking about paris when i don't know maybe i'll maybe i'll take up gardening or something yeah who knows right now i want to play volleyball i want to play chicago but who knows beyond that (laughs) <laughs> yeah I, I think that's a healthy mindset too by the way uh based on my experience but also you know i've talked to i talked to guys in the national team all the time obviously i have some good um friends on the team and not everybody thinks about beach and just like, yep i'm gonna step out there and make it my career when i want to you know yeah. uh most of those guys including i would guess like matt anderson and guys that don't have that as, as much experience um wouldn't just assume that they can step out and just ball you yeah. know I mean? but obviously you have that confidence um and obviously it comes from because you started playing beach i i grew up playing beach and indoor so i knew that when i stepped from the sand to indoor i'm playing a different sport whereas i don't think yeah. the other people understand that they try to play indoor when they come to beach and it just blows up on them yeah uh you feel like you got that confidence just you have that experience or just is that just the Tj DeFalco Falco swag right there <laughs> I don't think it's a swag I don't think that that's part of my <laughs> motto.
1: I think it's more um not not that I just that I started with beach but then I've also kind of maintained the indoor beach relationship throughout a good section of my career uh throughout all of high school was be- indoor for five six months straight to the beach. Indoor, five, six months straight to the beach. And so, and I was always riding that wave of, like you said, transitioning the mind from two different sports because it is entirely different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I, and I did that as much as I possibly could. And then just the time that I was able to spend on the beach got less and less and less as the national team exposure got more and more and more. Uh, so that's, that's more one of the reasons why I'm like absolutely going to return to the beach. Just don't know when, how, or why yet, but it will happen eventually. Yeah. Love well,
2: I mean, did we, we could tell, you know, when, when someone's got it, uh, how was uh, your experience in Manhattan and did it, you feel like it, it changed anything or like solidified in your head, like what you're capable of and whatnot. Obviously you're not supposed to win with, you know, a small defender and (laughs) just jumping on, on the court with someone. But yeah. um, Yeah. How was that experience? The experience was, it was, it was nice. A nice little
1: eye opener that I'm not, you know, one of the better ones on the beach that I got, that's like you said, the whole different sport. Um, but it was, it was a nice little rude awakening of like, dude, you don't play this sport, <laughs> get out on the sand, run your laps, run your sprints, get out as much as you can move. And you're yeah. still slowish as we all get out because you don't play this sport, yeah. you know? And so I had to cram as much sand exposure as I could into the two and a half days we practiced before Friday yeah. uh to try to make sure that i was in some sort of good standing to hold up the not only the like the mind or mindset that people had about me but it was also playing with nick lucena it's like that guy is calling me up i gotta have something to offer you know i can't just <laughs> walk out there and think i'm playing indoor still yeah so
2: i wasn't playing with nick like just uh i mean did you have a relationship with him before that
1: i talked to him Eight words before that. <laughs> I, asked, I asked him how the match went in Tokyo, and I said, good luck. Uh-huh. That was it. And right. Ferbs connected us because I guess Nick reached out to Ferbs <laughs> and said, you got to find me somebody, something like that. And then he texted me on Monday morning. He's like, hey, you want to play? Like, what? Who's this? I was like, oh, my goodness, of course.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised Ferbs didn't take that call, but yeah, I got a guy for you. Me. <laughs> Where's Michael? He, the last time he came out for a one-off, it was Manhattan, and he won it. Yeah, that
1: was <laughs> That guy can do it
0: all.
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: Well, <laughs> that... But- that changed your uh, your post Olympic plans pretty quick. Then I'm sure you had a nice leisurely week at home planned, and then well, Nick Lucena's calling, so might as well play Manhattan. <laughs> yeah, I was like,
1: all right, I guess, cool, we'll fit it in.
2: Yeah, your <laughs> your few days off a year that you get from to not play volleyball, you got to go play in a pro event. Yeah, <laughs>
1: circumstances led to. Perfect. The perfect situation, not indoor. I get to go, you know, reach the other side of my my game a little bit. It was, it was everything lined out perfectly. Do
2: yeah. you see yourself as more of a blocker, or defender, uh, or either or split or on the beach?
1: Um, if if I were, to, when that time comes to transition, I'm gonna be a defender. Yeah. I don't know.
2: I remember t- Nick Nick uh, came to the gym, you know, after you guys first practice or whatever. And he's like, I thought he was like six five, six six. 6'6". <laughs> <laughs> like, like six three. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, I, I think he can jump. Yeah. It's all good. <laughs> By the way, how tall is Taylor Sander? Uh exactly.
1: I believe he's pretty pretty close to the same height as me, six four yeah. and a half, six five, something like that. Okay, yeah. That I and mean, then that's all also in shoes. So
2: yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I think it, the the beach measurements are a little different for sure yeah you got the shoe measurements uh i remember being next to taylor like damn you look taller i thought you were taller <laughs> we're talking by an inch but that kind of makes a big difference at, at every level definitely does yeah love it. it it looked like you and nick
0: had an absolute blast i mean i loved him opening up first point of your guys first match just hitting the sky ball against billy and andy and just setting the tone for how that weekend was going to be and it's like because you guys were obviously like you played great i mean you took billy and andy to three great one of the most entertaining matches and then like you guys played really well but it looked like it was just like a perfect vibe between you guys just like we're gonna have some fun we're gonna play some really good volleyball and we're gonna entertain some people today
1: yeah, that was the the, I mean, the, the main, because ex- I was all worried in the beginning, the, in those practice days, I was like, oh, crap, am I going to be able to do this? You know, am I am I going to hold up my end of the bargain, all this kind of stuff? And he he kept insisting, he's like, dude, we're fine. We're, we're on a slow climb. We're going to go out and have a great time. We're going to have some fun. Whatever happens is going to happen, and we're just going to do our thing. I was like, I love it. I'm yeah. absolutely 100% for it. And we went out and just had some fun um, and, and just lived every single point as much as best we could, and it was a great time. <laughs> that's, a rough,
2: that's a rough draw to start out, you know. Uh, that team's been on a hot streak for sure. They should have beat me and Trev uh, out in Atlanta. And then they, I mean, gave everyone a run for their money in in uh, Manhattan. So, like, for the first team you got to play is, is one of the hotter teams on tour. Uh, you guys did pretty damn well.
1: Yeah. I, I,
2: playing I, together. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, it was all around zero expectations for the whole weekend and just kind of that's that was our mantra and it was it turned out it was just a great time that's all the that matter the whole time
2: yeah nick is one of the greatest people that you'll meet you know like yeah he'll fully flip the switch and be the most intense psycho person ever like <laughs> on the part you know
1: you yeah. don't want
2: to be an opponent that's coming at him or a ref that made a wrong call when it comes to Nick yeah. but in terms yeah. of being his teammate, like that guy is so positive and such a good teammate. And I mean, I, I personally think he's kept Phil's career alive for probably four years longer than, <laughs> than uh, it would have been if Phil was with anybody else yeah. just because of his energy.
1: Yeah. He's a, he's a fantastic human being. And I didn't, I, I didn't really know what to expect, but I knew, the age and the veteran status and the, the, the seasoned vet, I guess is, would be the best way to do it. And so I, I kind of took in a little bit of that mindset back when I was 17, about going into that, that Olympic year, gym. it's like, uh, I'm just going to kind of do my thing. I'll be quiet and I'm just going to play some volleyball. And then he was came out and super external and all this stuff and, you know, t- talking me up and, and having these comp- compliments and, and engaging. And I was like, this is t- completely different than what I thought. <laughs> of course, the, 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 the like I said, I made the wrong, Wrong guess, wrong wrong assumption, but, I mean, it was incredible. The playing – going out there and practices and having funs and laughs and you know celebrations even in practice and stuff was just – was remarkable. And it was all stemming from him because I wasn't going to be the first one to do it. Right, right. I wasn't going to be the first one to get out there and scream my head off and celebrate and do all this stuff because I am not know position <laughs> to do that.
2: You had a sky <laughs> ball first, first serve. You just hit a sky ball.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hit it over the stands backwards. Like, I just <laughs> –
0: It looked like a fun weekend. Pretty good first beach event since, what, 2017? Manhattan was your last one?
1: 2016. 2016.
0: Okay. Yeah, five years.
1: I played in the the – my last tournament was the Manhattan Open, and I lost first round of qualifier. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Not really your fault. Tough situation.
1: (laughs) It was, yeah, all around, but all good.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it was good, good to have you back on the beach for the weekend. You uh, you added a lot of flavor to Manhattan. It was it was fun to watch, man.
1: Yeah,
2: no, thank you. That was
1: is all around. Everything that happened worked out for a reason, so it was all good.
2: So if if you had to guess, we've heard Sanders likes beach. You like beach. Uh, Micah Ma'a likes beach. Who else? Uh, who, who else would you say you would or who else? Would you not be surprised if if they uh, made the switch to beach at some point in their career from indoor?
1: I think you named about all the guys that I would expect. Okay. Trying to put the bug a little bit in Kyle Lensing's ear. Just a little bit because I I know I went on a youth trip with him back in
2: uh,
1: 15, maybe 14, something like that. We went to Portugal and played with the youth, U19 youth or whatnot.
2: So I'm kind of trying to put
1: it in his ear a little bit because if he was a, six seven six eight blocker on the sand and, and i'll just dig around them and he just sets yeah it sounds pretty good to me All we're going to kind of ride that wave together it's like i don't know it could there's be usually, you know
2: there's usually a uh lack of blockers you know? yeah. Maybe not a lack of defenders so yeah for sure uh what about we... beach with him would he ever
1: could you repeat the question real quick? Maybe when you get back to service? <laughs> Am I back?
2: You're, you're back, back, I think. Yeah, you're back. What about, what about your boy Josh? <sighs> I think
1: our childhood beach experience is about it for him. Oh god. Really? I think he's gonna he's gonna ride the indoor wave as long as he can, and then I think I think that'll be it.
2: Gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Kavika. I always wondered. Kavika's always been talking about. It. He's a fan of it.
1: Yeah, I, th- I could see him being out there and getting some some youngster to go out and do do eighty percent of the work. But he, he I,
2: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> sounds like a veteran. Right that's it. old. That's right. Into <laughs> the core. Love it. All right. Well, I'm just trying to keep my. You know. I'm trying to stay ahead of the game here. So, no. <laughs> What's going That's on? Way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Love it. Yeah. Well. T- do this,
2: t- yeah. T-
0: thanks. T- thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate it, and it was uh it was good to see you back in the South Bay for uh for at least a week. Um, and I know it's a quick turnaround for you for you back uh back overseas again. So we we appreciate your time. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for reaching out and getting this
1: all worked out. This is awesome. Love talking to you guys.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah thanks man well, uh, appreciate
0: it well good of luck course. good luck out in Poland and uh, next time you're back in the South Bay you'll uh, have no shortage of requests for people to be playing so <laughs> <laughs> I love it I set myself up good you did so, yes. thanks. <laughs> you done good TJ alright boys
2: shoots alright boys later